Father, I pray that our life would be centered on you, that we'd be focused on you. As we read earlier, there is no darkness when you're there. And may we not focus on the, the hardships that we have so much that we lose fact that you are with us. And when you're with us, there is light and there is hope. I pray that you would speak to us, continue to speak to us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It's so good to have you here today. Thanks for uh, being here. You may be seated. We are in Psalm 139, and I want to make sure that we're all on the same page together. Psalm 139, if you'll take take time to find your Bible and uh, turn to Psalm 139. Uh, Years ago, when I was finishing up uh, my seminary degree, uh, one of the we were assigned a major professor, Dr. Glaze, one of my favorite guys. And uh, part of the, the doctoral work that I was in, uh, they, you didn't just do the, the work and turn it in. They would come and unannounced and show up at your church and have some meetings with church members and have meetings with me. And so it was rather intimidating, uh, to say the least. Uh, so uh, on uh, Monday after he had hung out over the weekend and had talked to a bunch of our uh, folks at, at the church I was serving at the time, uh, he said, I've got, a, I've got an observation that I want to make about uh, what's going on at your church. I said, what's that? He said, uh, especially on the weekend, it seems that the message, the songs and the message all lead to this culmination point, and there's only one time in the message when, or in the service when people can give their life to Jesus or turn their troubles over to Jesus. And I want to challenge you to think bigger than that. And I want you to know that there are numerous times as Brett and I meet together uh, to plan our services that there are times when maybe the only thing that God wanted you to hear was one of these songs and for you to interact with the song, with the lyrics, and to make sure that you're living out what you're singing uh, there may be, in just a moment, when we look at, at a, a prayer passage, it may be the only reason that God had you here today was to hear this particular passage, to, to speak to you specifically about this. Or there are parts of the message that you think, this is why God had me here today. And so I want to encourage you to interact. Don't, don't think like you're missing out on something if all of a sudden God speaks to you and you focus on one particular thing. So here is the passage that will drive our prayer time, Psalm 47, 7 to 8. For God is the king over all the earth. Praise him with a psalm. God reigns above the nations sitting on his throne. God is king over all the earth, Isaiah 26. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is is the eternal rock. Real peace is found in focusing on the one who holds our what-ifs and our if-onlys in his loving hands. And keep this in mind, for God is the king over all the earth, and we want he keeps in perfect peace. Even in the midst of uncertain times, he keeps in perfect peace all those who trust in him. Which leads me then to Psalm 146. Uh, three to nine. So don't put your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth. Why? Because they're human beings and all their plans die with them. 
but joyful are the ones who have God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. In verse 6 is amazing. He made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed, food to the hungry. The Lord feeds the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up all those who are weighed down. The Lord who loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and the widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. He made the heaven and the earth. And as Brett mentioned earlier, uh, we had uh, a passage that we looked at in uh, our Bible reading plan. And let me read this and then we'll pray together. And this comes from Louis Giglio from our reading plan. For the believer, fear is always God forgetful. With the Almighty in view, your giant will be resized by God's greatness. The issue isn't the size of your problem, the size of your giants. The issue is failing to remember the size of our God. You ought to say, ooh. We forget about the powerful work of Jesus on the cross. We forget that he created the universe with just a word, and he sustains all things by his mighty power, we forget that he has promised to lead us through the valleys and to fulfill his purpose for our life. So do whatever you must today to put your trust into Jesus and put Jesus into your view to remember his work on the cross. Put him in the front of your anxiety. Put him in the front of your depression. Put him in the front of your panic. Put him in the front of your worry. Let him stand in front of them all, and when he is there, worship him for who he is. Your giant may be big, but your giant is not bigger than Jesus. Get it? Good. A little bigger hand clap. Than, uh, yeah. We are in turbulent times. Let's pray to the one who has everything in control. Father, we put our hope and trust in you and in you alone. Thank you that by your word you spoke life into being. You spoke the world into being. Thank you that we can put our hope and trust in you. God, help us not to put our hope and trust in anything horizontal, but we put our hope and trust in you and in you alone. We pray for President Trump and his administration as he closes out uh, his, his service. Father, we pray for uh, President-elect Biden as he and his administration come into uh, an opportunity to serve. God, may all of our governing authorities, may they put their hope and trust in you and in you alone. Father, may we be faithful to look, look to you for our hope and trust. God, when, when things seem crazy around us, may we recognize that we have hope in you and that you've said you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, that you bring light into darkness. We pray this week, Father, that this week would, would bring glory to you and to you alone. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 139, we're talking about the idea that the primary trick of the enemy is for us to think we're sitting in the dark alone, so we want to contend for the voice. And so we're saying, what would it look like if we contended for the voice of God this entire year? Psalm 139 is all about contending for the voice of God. David, who is in the midst of the wilderness, doesn't find himself in a ditch. And just because we may be in a, in a wilderness doesn't mean we have to land in a ditch either. He makes four choices. 
And the first choice that he made, we found in Psalm 139, one, that he chose his provider, and he used the word, oh, Lord. And I want to make sure you get this, because it has everything to do with his second choice that we're going to look at today. Oh, Lord. He looked vertically. The word Lord means the eternal I am, the one who was, the one who is, the one who will always be. He is saying that is where our hope is. That's what keeps us from landing in a ditch because we say the one I'm going to look to, the one to whom my praise is going to give is the one who's the eternal I am, the one who was, who is, and who will always be. We, be who will always be. Uh, A.W. Tozer said this, and we closed with this last week, what we choose to believe about God is the most important thing about us because we all choose a provider, and David was wise enough to put his hope and trust in, in the provider who is the one who is, who was, and who will always be. So we want to look at verses 13 through 16, and you may be saying, now wait a minute, we're supposed to be in verses 7 to 12. We'll look at verses 7 to 12 next week. But since today is the Sanctity of Life Sunday, I thought it would make sense that we would jump to 13 through 15 to talk about God's love of life from womb to tomb. Uh, we're going to find, as Tony Evans calls it, uh, I do realize, and we'll jump into verse 13 in just, uh, just a moment, but I do realize this could be a real tough day for many of you. Uh, it wouldn't be a... a, a surprising at all with the numbers we have here today and then online uh, because of things that have happened in the past we realize there are numerous people who would love to be pregnant and who just can't seem to get pregnant and so here we talk about birth and you're longing and hurting and wanting a child so badly others have lost children uh, uh, and had miscarriages and have had difficulties uh, others have lost children as adults. And so, again, you look at this and think, oh, this is, this is a painful passage. You're going to find this passage is amazing because you're going to find that Jesus loves you and cares about you. We also realize that in numbers this large, there are some who may have chosen to abort a child. And so there's this issue of just, well, how do I move forward? I want you to know something. Jesus loves you. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The only thing that can separate you is you deciding you want to do life apart from God. And Psalm 139 is all about life. It's all about putting your hope and trust in the one provider. There is hope, there is hope, there is hope. It's never too late to put your eyes and your heart and your focus upon Jesus, the one who was, who is, and who will be. And I want you to see how powerful this is. So if we look at verse 13. He says, you, again, remind, he's pointing at where his focus is, the eternal I am, the one who was, the one who is, the one who always will be. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. It's talking about the creator of all and how faithful he is to us from the beginning to end, from womb to tomb and then to eternity. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. This is talking that we are not here by chance. David says he was created by the Lord from conception to birth and he used this idea of this uh, this very intimate uh, 
knitting together in my mother's womb, that God was involved in this. One thing that I learned this uh, the last couple weeks I've been uh, reading was a word study that was done on the word wonderfully complex. Verse 14, you may want to circle the word wonderful or wonderfully. Uh, you might want to circle it, yellow highlight it, put a line to it. This is going to be an amazing word for you. Because what it means in Hebrew, this word was saved only to use in this case. It was used to refer to who God is and what he does. And it says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex that God is involved in the process from beginning to the end. David realizes that, that God already laid out his course. I love what Tony Evans has to say about this passage. He says, no matter the circumstances surrounding your conception, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your gender, your existence is intentional. You are not a mistake, for God makes no mistakes. You're created in the image of God. You're created in the image of God with purpose and with meaning. The truth is to be this, this truth is to be foundational for a person's self-worth and self-esteem. God made you uniquely. He had his eyes upon you. He created you for a purpose. He created you on purpose for a purpose. I agree. <laughs> Verse 15. It just gets better, people. It just gets better. I wish I had a voice like that. <laughs> Psalm 139, 13. Look at verse 15. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Circle the word you in verse 16a. You saw me, the one who was, who is, and who will always be and who is to come, the eternal I am. You saw me. God didn't merely see an embryo. He didn't merely see a fetus in the womb. He saw David. And you say, how, do you, how can you prove that? Look at verse last part of verse 16b. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You were made on purpose for a purpose, and you are not a mistake. It doesn't matter what you hear from others. What you need to do is focus on the truth. What does God's word say about you? He knows you, and he loves you, and he has plans to give you a future and a hope. He has plans from the womb to the tomb and then into eternity. Acts 17 also speaks of this. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. Human hands can't serve his needs, for God has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided before. Beforehand, this is huge. He decided beforehand and uh, when they should rise, when they should fall. He determined where you would live. His purpose was for the nations to seek God. You have been made on purpose, for a purpose, to recognize that you are an important part 
of God's plan. And he's put you exactly where he wants you to point people to the nations. You have been made on purpose, for a purpose by God. He does not make any mistakes at all. His purpose for the nations is to see God, and perhaps they will feel their way and find him, though he's not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. I want you to know you are loved, eternally loved by God. And the only thing that can separate from the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus, is for you to say, no, thank you, I'm not interested. Uh, Life is so important, and I want you to know that you're important, and you matter to God, and you will not face anything alone. And whatever wilderness you may find yourself in, God is with you, and he loves you and cares about you, and all he simply wants is for you to put your focus on him, that you would say you, that he would be the provider, that you would choose God's purposes for your life. So I want you to hear from the story of a couple in our church. And it's uh, Pam and Kurt Johnson. Many of you know them. You'll recognize them in just a moment when they, we see them online. Uh, they've been married nine years. They've been followers of Jesus for quite some time. They have uh, Samuel, who is five years old. And uh, I'd like you to see a picture of Samuel here. And your eyes aren't as good as mine, but I'll tell you what he is holding there. So he is his first day of preschool. Uh, his teacher was Miss Losey from Pirtle. Here's what he loves. He loves Curious George and Frosty the Snowman. He's three feet five inches tall. When he grows up, he wants to be a wrestler. And his favorite uh, class is story time. Nothing like a, wrestle, a wrestler who loves story time is what I think. So early on in their pregnancy, they realized that there was a, a problem with the, uh, a certain count, a trisomy count 18, which is typically fatal. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want you to hear from Kurt and Pam. It's a, it's a frightening diagnosis um, that often results in a loss of life before birth or soon after you know it was a long two weeks for us i think we were just deeply saddened uh so it was a very strange feeling to feel so sad but so at peace um that god had this situation in his hands we made the decision then to to name samuel um because we knew he was he was you know a special kid god's creation and a couple of our favorite stories in the Bible that applied. Um, his name Samuel Isaac uh, Johnson. And the phone call from the doctor telling us that he had trisomy 21, Down syndrome, and not trisomy 18, actually came during our prayer meeting with you. As you and the other pastors were praying over us, that phone call came in. My phone was off, so I picked up the call after our meeting. Um, and that was when we received the wonderful news that Samuel had Down syndrome. <laughs> and um, we were elated, elated yeah. that we were going to have the blessing of keeping our child. So what are, tell me some of the hardships that have come now. What, what, what does that look like for you guys? 
we have to spend a lot of our time together problem solving um, because we have medical issues and developmental delays and um, some behavioral issues and, and things that um, we, we haven't had any really severe issues and yet, but there are a lot of things that come along that we have to spend our time processing and a lot of time at appointments. So a lot of doctor's appointments and therapy appointments and IEP meetings and um, all of this really takes away from our ability to, um, well, play together, <laughs> but also be involved in other things. Um, we would love to be involved in more community activities, church activities. Um, I would love to be involved in more aspects of my work life, um, but we've had, we have to scale back sure. and put more of our focus on Samuel. There's a knowledge that there's a purpose in the hardships, that God is walking with us and refining us. Um, you know, and that, that's a gift. Mm -hmm. it, it really is, and, and we look at it that way. So talk about some of the blessings that have come out of this, uh, this situation. I will say, first of all, the, the greatest blessing is Samuel himself. Uh, Samuel is an incredible blessing. Um, he's, he's yelling in the background. He's watching a Curious George video right now and he gets, he empathizes. So Curious George is probably experiencing some level of distress at the moment. But, <laughs> so if you're hearing him scream, that's why. But um, yeah, Samuel is, Samuel is himself a blessing. I just, the, the fact that we get, we get to be the ones he calls mommy and daddy. We get to be the ones who get that big hug around the neck. Um, when I go to pick him up at daycare, he runs to me, um, oh, to, to snuggle with him when he's going to sleep at night. Um, oh, those are just amazing. <laughs> I'm getting curious about it. Amazing blessings. Mm -hmm. Very special. But you guys have stayed connected uh, with our Connections class. Uh, talk about that small group and the impact that they've had on you. Yeah. No, oh, what a great bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah, we, we love them. They have loved on Samuel from day one, um, initially by loving on us. <laughs> um, when we came home from the hospital, they brought us food. Um, Samuel had open heart surgery when he was two months old, and um, they, they were in a lot of prayer for us um, and for Samuel. We had to be isolated before and after that surgery, um, which now everybody's experienced that, <laughs> but we experienced that um, early on in Samuel's life. And they came and sang Christmas carols on our front patio since we were stuck at home. We couldn't go to church. We couldn't get out for Christmas. We just had to stay at home and they sang Christmas carols. Oh, that just meant so much to us. Um, that was just a lot of support came yeah, from the very beginning. Taking care of our basic needs. They've, they brought us food. They've, you know, they babysat Samuel. They did so a lot of babysitting. Yeah. Or dates. And, just, it, it, we're not going to do justice to all that they've they've done, really. We just appreciate them so much. I think it is hard and it's humbling to constantly be a recipient and not be in a place to be able to give a lot back. Um, that is a really hard thing. Um, and 
they, uh, they're just so gracious. They're so gracious about it. Our worship team can uh, come to the platform. A couple of verses I want to uh, share with you. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. Matthew 5.16, Jesus said in the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your Father in heaven. He's made us on purpose for a purpose, and again, not just to do good things, hopefully we would do that anyway, but to live our lives in such a way that we point people to Jesus because he is our hope. Our hope response today would be that you would choose to be faithful to God's purposes. He's recognized he's made you on purpose and for a purpose. I want to close with just before we give our offerings. Uh, I'm so proud to be part of the New Cup family. Um, our church continues to care about people from the womb to the tomb. And I want to encourage you. I'm so proud I'm going to cry instead. If I should be shouting from the tops. Um, listen to this. Just in the last three months, three months alone, I want you to know how New Cove has cared and been a church about the womb and the tomb. Christmas Eve offering for Lincoln Pregnancy Center, we gave $4,674.06 to care for those people who have found themselves pregnant in hard situations and they come alongside them and still stay with them two years later. We're re-engaging to do more work with them. But we gave $4,674.06, and I love the six cents. Operation Christmas Child, you're well aware that we gave, we gave, sent out uh, 1,404 boxes, but in addition to that, we also sent out $4,500 to pay for the shipping of those who couldn't afford the shipping. We also gave out $100 bills to many of you. In fact, we gave out $10,600 that went into the Lancaster County. And that's not even to mention how many of you gave in addition to that $10,600. And then that's not all because of your giving. And I want you to know this. Because of your giving, not only have we been able to do this, but there are people who've had needed, needed help with rent. There have been people who've needed help with food. There have been people who've needed help with bills and some medical bills. And then some of that, we gave an additional $9,550 to help those who are going through difficult times. And the grand total of $29,324, and there's the six cents. So that is awesome. And it represents that God cares about every person. He cares about you, and he cares about every person you're going to come in contact with this week, even the people you disagree with. He has a plan for them. He loves them. And his desire is that we would live our lives in such a way that we care for those from the womb to the tomb because God has amazing plans. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. May our hope be in you. 
and in you alone. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. You have been so faithful, and you will continue to be. May we respond to that faithfulness by being thankful and giving our lives to you. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.